I'm finding myself, and, and I don't know if it's age, I, I, I have no idea what it is, um, but I'm finding myself thinking on some things we're going to talk about today on how I can be better. And, you know, I think we all, I, I think we could agree this morning on we all want friends. And we want to be befriended. We want people to to help us when we need help. We we want people to be kind to us when we're sick. And we all want friends. And we know the Bible says that if a man's to have friends, he must show himself friendly. And but that's one spectrum of that. But the opposite spectrum of that is not to be befriended, but how to be a friend. And if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in our lives of wanting people to do for us, but not wanting to do for others. Wanting a friend, but not wanting to be a friend. And the Bible, as I say Sunday after Sunday, deals with some of these things. And the Bible has a lot to say on the title of today's lesson of how to be a better friend. And you know, oftentimes we take friendships for granted. We think just being a friend is natural. Well, the Bible, I have nine points and I'm going to take about half of them today. I'm not going to um, be like some people and try to work in a whole bunch of them. But we're going to talk today on five things. We'll come in in the next lesson. And talk about the next four things on how to be a better friend. You may look at me this morning and go, David, is this really relevant? We're all adults here. Uh, you know, really. You want to tell me how to be a better friend? The Bible has something to say about it. I want to look at Matthew chapter 22 and let's begin reading, please, in verse 36. Fixing to tell you how important this is by way of introduction. Verse 36 of Matthew 22, Master, What is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. The most important commandment. Verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. Verse 39. And the second greatest commandment, that is. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. First and greatest commandment according to God. This is not coming from David Dent, the guy that's going to get up here this morning and teach on the most simplest subject that one could think of. Number one, Jesus answered them and said, To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. Okay, Jesus, what is the second greatest commandment? Learn how to be a friend. So now I want to reverse this and ask you this morning, is this such a simple subject? Jesus said, this is the second most important commandment that I will ever give you. is to love thy neighbor as thyself. If you'll allow me to paraphrase this morning, today's lesson, how to be a better friend. We're going to turn to the book of Proverbs. We'll look at a number of passages of Scripture there to come up with these first four points. You can go first to Proverbs chapter 17. 
we'll find point number one in Proverbs, beginning in Proverbs 17. Everyone needs friends. As I just read from God's Word, it is the second most basic relationship in life. And I want to say this before we get into the meat or the heart of the lesson that not only do we need to be good friends to people because of what we're fixing to look at in God's Word, but I'm going to throw this out there, that lost people might not know that they need a friend in Jesus if they don't see a friend in us. In other words, people need to see Jesus in you so that they might realize they actually need Jesus. I had another conversation a few days ago with a man in my place of business. And this guy is, you know, not being judgmental, but he's, he's no doubt lost. He doesn't know Christ as his Savior. And he and I have had a, a multitude of conversations about this. And I've reminded myself as I'm pondering these things that, you know, this guy may never realize that he needs Jesus if he doesn't see something in me. This guy has seen a lot of bad things. He's been in the, he served, you know, in the army and he, Lord, he saw a lot of battle and a lot of bad things. And as he puts it, he's got a lot of demons in his mind and he has things that bother him. And, and this poor guy, He's about the same age I am. And, and Miss Mildred, he does not know that he needs Christ. I've told him. But he does not fully realize that he needs Christ. If for no other reason that we should befriend people and learn how to be a better friend, it is to show others about the friend they can have in Christ Jesus. But number one this morning, let's look in Proverbs chapter 17. And in verse 17, we'll find our first point. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. We've heard the old saying that blood's thicker than water. A little bit contrary to God's Word. It says that oftentimes our family is full of adversity, but a friend... Loveth at all times. Point number one on how to be a better friend is faithfulness. We need to uh, show more faithfulness to our friends. That is how you can be a better friend. I wouldn't dare ask you to raise your hand this morning, but I could ask you, how many of you think that you are truly a good friend? I have reminded my daughters over and over again through high school, and those of you that have raised daughters and they have made it through high school will agree with me when I tell you that there is no greater Haiti on earth than when girls are in high school. It is the most drama-filled, backbiting, stabbing, arguing, conniving, holy cow, it's terrible. Guys are not like that. Girls are the meanest creature. Between the age of 14 and probably 20, they are the most evil creatures walking the planet. Sorry, ladies, you've been there. But I've told my girls over and over again all through high school, I say, you know what? One day, the day's going to come, and it's not very far away, and they've already learned this, I think. You're only going to have one or two, three true friends in this world anyway. And these people aren't going to matter. But in those moments, it's hard to see that and to feel that and understand. Point number one, God's Word says 
faithfulness. A friend, verse 17 says, loveth at all times. I've got two or three really, really good friends in this world. And I can honestly say that they have loved me when maybe I wasn't so lovable. They wanted to be with me when maybe I wasn't a good person to be around. But regardless of the circumstance, my friends have been there. And that's all nice. But today's lesson is how can you be that friend? I'm talking this morning on how to be a better friend. The second greatest commandment that Jesus ever gave was you need to be a better friend to others. And you don't just need to be a better friend to those two or three people that are always around you. But we need to be a better friend to everyone that we come in contact. And point number one comes with faithfulness. Regardless of the circumstance. I'm going to tell you something. You hang out with a friend, if you will, long enough. You hang out with people long enough. They will let you down. But yet God's Word says that you need to be faithful to be that better friend because a friend loveth, according to the Scripture, at all times. And I'll let you start figuring in or, or filling in the blank of what is at all times. Is it in financial difficulty or when they've lost a loved one or when they've become addicted to something or when they have slipped or when they become unfaithful to church or when maybe they're not the spouse that they should be or maybe they're not the parent they should be. But you, to be a better friend, should be found faithful to that person. God did not place a circumstance in there. Well, you make sure that, you know, you are that friend that you should be so long as they're in church. So long as they go to your church. So long as they worship the way you worship. So long as they believe what you believe. That's not what God's Word said. God's Word said, point number one, to be found faithful. Love at all times. No matter of the circumstance. Look over, if you will, before we leave this point to chapter 27. We're going to spend most of our time in Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 27, and in verse 10, reads this. Thine own friend. I love this. I highlighted this in my, my Bible. And thy father's friend forsake not. Neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. I just mentioned that little cliche that blood is thicker than water, and, and, and we are to love family. But that is contrary to God's Word, okay? God's Word has told us twice here in just a couple of scriptures that we've looked into that you need to love your friends, Oftentimes, you'll find a friend that's sticking closer, as God's Word says, than a brother. There's something to this friend thing. God has a lot to say about friends. But I do, before we leave this, not only as it begins as thine own friend, but thy father's friend. And I have pondered that some. And you know, my father left this world just over a year ago. And I have found myself, oddly enough, and I did not see this coming, but I have found myself, Samuel, becoming closer to my father's friends. And there's something to that. 
I feel closer to my father. He's away from me. Okay. But yet I'm finding some sort of bond. I don't know if it's some traits or this friendship that was left behind. I, I cannot explain it. I, I have not figured it out. I don't have the solution. But there's something to this part of God's Word and thy father's friends. You better take care of your father's and your mother's friends. There's something to it in God's Word. We need to be found faithful to the aspect of our father's friends. Speaking of my father's friends, I, even people that are have been outside of the church. You know, my my father had tons of friends in the church, if you will, the preachers and the singers and the you know those that served in the in the ministry of God and missionaries. And and I found myself since my father's passing coming closer to those people, but not only to those people, but to some of his friends outside the church. Some of his people that he went to high school with. Uh, I'm finding myself developing relationships with them. I don't know what there is to it, but there's something in God's Word right here, Kurt, that says, don't forget your father's friends. Pastor, your daddy's going to die one day. I don't know when that's going to be. You don't know when that's going to be. He doesn't know when that's going to be. But I'm telling you, when your daddy passes away, there's going to be some friends that you need not forsake, and God has something there. And I could go around this room saying the same thing. Let's let's follow God's word here and look at this faithfulness. If we're not careful, I'll, get, I'll spend too much time on this point. But in First Samuel chapter twenty, we go and we read about one of the greatest friendships that was ever formed in God's word, and it was that friendship formed between David and Jonathan. And it made Jonathan's daddy, King Saul, it made him so angry that he literally picked up a a jawbone of a javelin or something, and he threw it at his own son, wanting to take his own son's life. Once again, the blood and the water that we talked about, that cliche. Once again, I'm finding in God's Word that there was a friendship that was stronger than a family. And we are to love family. Do not take me out of context. All the point I'm trying to really drive home this morning is there's something to friendships. There's something to it. And let's look at it. And point number one was that we are to be faithful. Second of all, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 16. And we're going to find confidence. To be a better friend, people, your friends need to have confidence in you. Matthew chapter 16 and in verse 28 God's Word says, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends, or close friends, or great friends. You read that? You know what a whisperer is? Whisperer is gossip. God help us to never lose friends over gossip. You To be a better friend, your friends, those people around you, those people in your church group, they need to have confidence in you that you're not going to be spreading things on them. Friends do not gossip. Friends love at all times, during all times, as we just spoke of. Turn over to uh, chapter 17 or look down into verse 17 and let's look at verse 9. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very 
friends or good friends or close friends. This gossip thing, God has some things to say, but your friends need to have confidence in you, point number two. That you're going to be that friend. Let's look at that first portion there of Proverbs 17, 9. I told y'all this wasn't going to be deep this morning, but some things we need to speak about. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. So often, even our friends, God forbid, but someone in our congregation or in our group or somebody that we hang out with or that we're associated with, we hear that they have transgressed in some form or fashion. And what is the first thing that people want to do? They want to pick the phone up or text somebody and tell them. Tell somebody else. Did you hear what pastor did? It happens every day. And God's word says that it breaks up close friends, chief friends, great friends. I'm telling you, God's word has some things to say about how to be a better friend. And it's important to Jesus, so important. I remind you that he said it's the second greatest commandment. I'm going to say this over and over. I'm going to go ahead and forewarn you. I want you to understand the second greatest commandment is to be a friend unto others. And this is burdening my heart. Because I don't know that I am such a good friend, Pastor. I don't know that I am kind enough to people. I don't know that I do enough for people. I woke up one night this week and and and, and lay there for a long time and, and I'm telling you, my heart was broke because I felt during the night like I was not a good person, that I am not kind enough. And we should get this burden to be a better friend. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 11 and look at verse 13. There's more to this confidence. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. There are just some things that need to be concealed. There are some things that need not be told. I remember my Uncle Jim, he, he served three tours in Vietnam. And I'm going to tell you folks something, those of you that were living in those days, yeah, Vietnam was a war now. I know I don't make light of any war that that the United States has ever participated in, but this day and time it's a computer war, and and you know. But I'm going to tell you something. Vietnam was you put on your boots and we're going in there. And my uncle served three tours, and my uncle was one of the finest men. Tanya, tell you one of the finest men to walk the face of this earth. Jim O'Neill is a true saint. I love that man, but he has some demons, if you will. That came from Vietnam. And boy, he struggled when he came back. I was, you know, just a little fella. And many times as I began to grow older, I spent a lot of time with my Uncle Jim there for a series of years. And I tried to get him to tell me things because I was a kid and I was intrigued by machine guns and combat boots, you know, and the fatigues. And it was cool, you know. My Uncle Jim told me this. Some things just didn't need to be repeated. There were some things that just didn't need to be talked about. I'm going to tell you something, our friends, our church friends, those that work with us, we need to be careful. We need to be found confident. Or people can have confidence in us. That we're not this tail bearer. That we're not this one breaking up friendships as God has spoke to us about. But there are some things, as we said here, that need to be concealed. And I'm going to mention this because I don't want you to take me out of context. On the flip side of that, there are some things that do not need to be concealed. Uh, one of the things that I think of, you know, it's like abuse. 
someone's being abused or something. We don't hide those things. Maybe those things need to be dealt with. So, so don't take me out of context when I say there's some things that need to be concealed. But just because somebody stumbles or just because somebody falls doesn't mean that you take the opportunity to put on Facebook the, look what they did. Careful. How to be a better friend, number one, be found faithful. That was in Proverbs 17. Then we see in Proverbs 16. And in Proverbs 11, we need to be found confident. There's confidence there. And then thirdly, let's go to Proverbs chapter 26. Faithfulness, confidence. And in Proverbs 26, we're going to find kindness. In Proverbs 26, let's look please at verse 18 and 19. As a madman who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am not I in sport? What that means is, Oh, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I wasn't serious. This is found in God's Word, preacher. This is not a daddy speaking to a child here. This is God. We, we've all established through the years that this is God's Word by divine inspiration. This written by one of the smartest, wisest men that ever walked the planet, but yet these are not His words. Let's make that clear. These words are God's words. And He said, you be real careful about your pranks. That you don't take things too far. I've taken some things too far in my life. Trying to be silly. And pranks are funny. Yeah, it's fun to go to a Tennessee fan and take their tag off and put a Georgia tag on there. That's all cute and fun. But you know, you can take these things too far. Way too far. Do we have any Alabama fans here this morning? Because I'd like to take something a little not. Kindness. There is a difference between pranks and being cute and taking things too far. You need to be careful in the house of God. Hey, we need to have that kind of relationship where we can pick on each other and have fun. And me and the preacher do that a lot. And a lot of all of us do that. And that's good. But don't give the devil an opportunity to hurt a friendship or to keep you from being the friend you need to be by taking things too far. This, this is a warning from God's Word. I, I'm not making this up. I mean, we look in the Scriptures to find these things. Don't take jokes too far. The Bible says it. So is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am not I in sport? Or, I'm just joking. Tanya and I have somebody close to us that loves to say ugly things and then say, Oh, I'm just joking. That's taking things too far. I don't like that. It doesn't make me feel good. But we're te teaching on the flip side of this this morning. I need to make sure that I'm not doing those things. Because I need to know how to be a better friend. Number one, faithfulness. Number two, confidence. Number three, kindness. How hard is it to, to be kind? And some of you are sitting there thinking, well, it's real easy to be kind. I don't think so. And maybe it's my makeup. But pastor, if I can be honest, and I'm talking about I'm being honest this morning, I'm laying my heart and my soul out here before you. 
I wept with tears in my eyes one night this week during the middle of the night because I don't think I'm kind enough. And sometimes for me, and maybe you're a lot better person than me, but sometimes I find it hard to be kind. It's not that I'm being mean, but I just don't go out of my way to be kind because kindness is an act. Do you know what an act is? Act is an action. And to be kind, Brother John, you got to make an act. you got to make an attempt. Stop what you're doing. Put everything aside to show kindness to someone. And that is not always easy. It's the truth. I, I'm, I'm, I'm exposing my weakness. I'm laying myself out here this morning. We're talking on how to be a better friend Because God's Word has some things to say about being a better friend. How much time I got? I left my watch at home. Fourthly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt your feelings. This, this was not gonna be good. If I were Curtis Hudson, and he says this, I listen to him preach a lot. And he says all the time, don't bow your heads. It ain't time to pray now. I'll let you know when it's time to pray. Don't, don't bow your heads. But this is a good one right here. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 6. I gotta be careful here. But I'm gonna give you God's word on how to be a better friend. What I'm fixing to give you will make a church stronger. This point right here can make a friendship stronger. But to the flip side of that, it can absolutely destroy a church and it can destroy a friendship if you don't get a hold of what God's word tells you right here. This is probably the most important point of the nine. But it's one that's never talked about. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 1. Not my words, not Solomon's words, God's words. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend. Let me explain to you what surety is. That is signing a loan or loaning money. Anytime you get financial, I know it scares the dickens out of everybody. But God's word has some things to say about this. My son... If thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with the stranger, listen to what God's word says. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. We're going to read those two words twice in this passage of Scripture. Deliver thyself, and when thou art coming to the hand of thy friend, go humble thyself and make sure thy friend. In other words, he said, there is one thing that can tear you apart and destroy the greatest friendship that has ever been on the face of this planet. It will be money. He said, don't you make no surety with your friend. Don't you loan your friend no money. I'm giving you God's word this morning. Look at verse 4. More instruction. He said, Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Here it is. Deliver thyself. Get rid of it. Clean this mess up. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. You need to abstain, number four, from loaning money to your friends. That's serious. That's, that's my friend. I understand this. But I'm giving you God's word. I'm telling you what God has to say about this. God said, you'll ruin that friendship. You'll ruin that sanctuary. You'll ruin that house of God. All over this little thing called money, this greed. 
Boy, you want to talk about dividing. That, that is the biggest divider I have ever known in this world is money. Deliver thyself. He said that twice. Deliver thyself. I guess what, I guess what God tells you, if you have done this, you need to clean house. You, you, you need to go fix this thing. Preacher, he said, deliver thyself from it. This is the one thing that God said, don't you let this happen. Don't you let, if this has happened, go clean that mess up right now. I told y'all this was going to be weird. Deliver thyself from it. The biggest cause of bitterness amongst friends comes from that wallet, from that money. And God's telling us, abstain from it. He said, deliver thyself from it. Look at Proverbs chapter 17 again. I got another verse of scripture we'll look at here. Proverbs 17, verse, Proverbs 17 and in verse 18, a man void of understanding striketh hands and becometh surety. That is that cosigner. That is loaning of money. Surety in the presence of his friend. God's word says that a man that does this, that loans his friend money, is a man that is void of understanding. God said, you're not a smart person. You're ignorant of some things. And God said in His Word, do not loan your friends money. But for, you, know, you say, David, what, what am I going to do? I don't understand this. God said it's void of understanding. God says that it's not wise. God said that I should not co-sign a loan with my friend or, or loaning money is not, uh, it's not wise. And, 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 you know, but why? What, what if they need me? Then there's other, way, other ways to help them. Help them out of that problem. But don't loan them money. Well, what can I do? You can give it to them. Why he got it to give to them? Well, then help them dig out. Help them plant a garden. Sell some vegetables. Help them. I, I, I don't care. Maybe y'all have a yard sale. Maybe y'all, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you go to the church. Maybe you get somebody else to help you. Maybe there's some other government fund that you can help them get. I, I don't know. Go find a way. Treat them as if it was your own burden. Help them dig their way out of that problem. But don't you loan them that money and don't you sign that note with them. You said, David, you're being strong about this. I am because God's word is very strong about it. God said you're ignorant of the fact if you do this. He said you're a man void of understanding. So we need to be careful. I take this as a, you know, a very important way to be a better friend. God is giving you instruction and now I'm giving it to you. Friendships are strained. It is a recipe for disaster. It would be better to give to them. I, I think of a situation of a, you know, of somebody that, that was close to me and, and, and they needed a, you know, a pretty good sum of money to accomplish something. And, and I told that person, I said, I got the money and I'll, I, I, I'll let you have it. If you can pay me back, pay me back. And if you can't, then whatever. That's the way I handled it. And I meant it. And, and if the person had not paid me back, then I would have been fine with it because that's what I told them. But they were in a bind and I gave them the money. And there's nothing wrong with that. My uncle, my daddy's brother, Fred Dent, been close to him most all my life. And I'll never forget, those of you that know me, you know I was in business for myself when I was in my early 20s and, you know, that's how my life started. And I, I remember as I was in my mid to upper 20s, you know, things were getting better and, 
It never fails. People end up coming to you for money. It's, it's never going it, to, it'll always be. And I was finding myself with family members loaning this guy $500 and this guy needed tires and this guy, and the guy in the church would come and he needed this. And, I, and one day Fred and I were having this conversation. He said, those of you that know my uncle, he's extremely direct. He said, let me tell you something, boy, about loaning money. He said, I've been doing this for many years. He said, don't you ever loan anybody any money and expect to get it back. If you can't afford to give it to them, then don't loan it to them. I'm going to give you those words this morning of a wise man. If you can't afford to give it to them, then don't loan it to them. If you can't afford to pay that loan off, if you go sign with them, then don't sign for them. If you can't pay that loan off and be happy about it, then don't sign that loan. I'm going to give you a prime example. I had a friend in this world. I'm getting real personal here, but I feel comfortable doing it because I'm doing it for the sake of Christ and helping the Lighthouse Baptist Church to be better friends. But I had a friend in this world, and he needed me to sign a loan with him. $68,000. $68,000. I signed that loan with him, Miss Mildred, and he walked away a year later. You know who paid that $68,000? I did. You know how many times that guy has called me in the last 15 years? It was a friendship ruined. I can let it go. I have let it go. I've never called him and said, what the world? Not one time, Pastor. I can stand in God's house and honestly say, I never even spoke to him about it. I paid every bit of that debt off. We wrote them a check every month till I paid that debt off and I never called that guy and said, what in the world did you just do to me? I can can honestly say that standing in this pulpit right here. But yet that guy has never called me. Kurt, I lost a friend. I'm speaking by example here this morning. You be careful about loaning money. If you can't afford to give it to them, then don't loan it to them. I'm giving you God's Word this morning. I'm not up here just blabbing. Everything I'm giving you, I'm giving you explicit Simple, spoken scriptures for you. Be careful about loaning money. It'll ruin a relationship. I lost a good relationship over it. Lastly, this morning, it's found in Proverbs chapter 3 and in verse 28. It's generosity. It's just so overlooked. We're talking this morning on how to be a better friend. Number one, faithfulness. Number two, confidence. Number three, kindness. Number four, abstain from loaning money to your friends. Number five, generosity. Friends don't turn away when there is a need. They are generous. But David, you just said I can't loan them money. There's other ways to be generous besides loaning money. There's a whole lot you can do for somebody. Hey, there's been a many a time... And I, I'd be like, sound like Joe Arthur. I don't want to lose my reward. But Tanya, go down and pay somebody's power bill. You can help people if you want to help them without loaning them money. Go pay their power bill. You go down there and tell them you want to pay uh, James Burt of address so-and-so. They'll let you put money on there. You better believe it. Go to Walmart. Everybody shops at Walmart. Buys go down there and buy you a two or $300 gift card and go give it to somebody if you want to help somebody. Don't you? Don't, I, I'm having trouble leaving that point on loaning that money. But be careful. But it's tying into this. You can be generous 
and not find yourself guilty of point number four. There's plenty of ways to be generous. Go buy them a gas card. Everybody in here burns a lot of gas every week, I'm sure. I got me and my wife and some children. And, man, you talking about some gas. Jim knows. Oh, Lord. Go buy somebody a gas card. Give them some gas. Big fight. We're talking about being generous. Proverbs chapter 3 and in verse 28. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again. And tomorrow I will give you when thou hast it by thee. Generous. We're talking about generosity here. Don't tell a friend. Don't tell a person in need. Well, I, I tell you what, if you'll come back tomorrow, I, I'm trying to watch Alabama lose right now. I ain't, oh, did I say that? I gotta get off that. I'm trying to watch Georgia win right now. I, 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 I'm, this ball game's important to me. Come back tomorrow, we'll deal with that tomorrow. God's word says don't do that. Be generous. Every one of us, Kurt, Samuel, Brother John, I don't care if you're old, I don't care if you're young, and all of us in between. We have all been given the same amount of time. I don't mean years on earth, but we all live 24 hours a day. We all live in the same time zone, and it don't matter where you go in this world, there's 24 hours in a day. So we've all been given the same amount of time. You do what you can do for your friends in that 24-hour period. Don't you put off till tomorrow what you can do today. And that is found right here in God's Word in Proverbs chapter 3 where He said, don't send somebody away and tell them to come back tomorrow if you've got it today. Don't you put off. You be generous. They come to you and they need you and you have it, then you give it to them. I don't know of a person in this world that was any better about that than my granddaddy was. Mr. Mac F. Dent, I'm telling you, that man, so help me God, if he was in this church and you needed his shirt, he would take that shirt off and give it to you and go shirtless. I don't know how many times he went down and he'd go buy shoes. Size 8, size 9, size 10, size 11, size 12, and he'd go buy shoes and he'd go to church and just give away shoes. Because he just wanted to bless somebody. I'll never forget W.W. Burns, to those of y'all that remember my Trace, I know you remember him. And he came to this church, and, and, and my granddaddy, I don't know what in the world, but he went and bought that man a pair of shoes and brought them to church. Why? I don't know. But he was generous. He had something, he wanted to give it. If he had a box of shotgun shells... And you need a box. He, and it was his last box. He'd give you that box of shotgun shells. He's a generous man. We're talking about simple things this morning on how to be a better friend. I'm not telling you how to find friends. I'm not telling you how your friends ought to be. I'm talking to you this morning how you can be a better friend. Because, see, we want from other people so much, but we need to be trying to figure out how we can give more to other people. Let's be generous. We have all been given the same amount of time. We need not put off today for the morrow. Life is so busy. So busy. I, I work harder than I've ever worked in my life. I, and I think, I guess this is normal. I talk to people my age all the time and they tell me their vision they've ever been. And, and I'm growing tired of it. I'm, I'm sick of it. We're so busy. But are we giving our time? 
We need to give our time to our friends and be more generous. We get so wrapped up in ourselves. My wife's a generous person. I think that's why God gave her to me. She's far more generous than I am. She always wants to cook somebody a meal or, you know, go do something for somebody. Those are generous things. Talking about how to be a better friend. I stand here with tears in my eyes. You say, David, you've gotten really much. I'm telling you, God has spoken to me about this. And, you know, these are things, these are actions that we are to take. This is not natural. If it were natural, God would not have mentioned it. Think about that. These are actions that have to be put in place in our life. It takes something to do these things. And maybe for some of us it's harder than it is for others. But we need to get a burden, Kenny, on how to be a better friend. Faithfulness, confidence, kindness, care for that money, and generosity. We got four more, all right here in Proverbs. I hope you take a little something from this today on how you can be a better friend. I told a guy on the phone the other day, a guy who is Friday, a guy called me Friday, talk about business a little bit. Never talked to this guy in my life, over in North Alabama. He said, I got your name and number from the guy. He said, you're good to do business with. He said, I've, I've been sending all my work to this you know, particular establishment. He said, things aren't right there. He said, I, I don't know what's going on there. He said, but these folks told me that you could do this. And he said, you know, no, we do some of the same stuff, but I could really use you for this. I'm going to stop you right there. I said, I tell my salesman all the time, we got enough enemies in this world. We need some friends in this business. Maybe you do some of the things I do, but that's all right. I can still be your friend and do this other stuff for you. I, I said, I can look beyond that. He said, well, that's the case. I want to give you two orders on these you know, right now. Let's, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. I say that to say this. I've got enough enemies running around out here in this world, physically speaking, spiritually speaking. We need some friends. And there's some people out there that need you to be their friend. There's a lot of hurting people out here. They just need you to befriend them. So, and, and that don't mean you got to be with them every day and you got to you know, pick up one of these things and do that for them. Be generous to them. Be kind to them. Be faithful to them if they need you. Don't spread the rumors. You know, I'll never forget if I could take one more minute. I know it's about time to go. But speaking of friends, being compassionate, I, I meant to mention this on that second verse, the second point. I never forget when my daddy died. Talking about, you know, just true friends. And this, this doesn't mean any less of anybody else, but, you know, we went in there that day and we had to take daddy off the ventilator and everything and, and he passed. And we had those last minutes with him. And I walked out that door of that hospital. I never felt more alone in my life. Never. I felt like everything I never worked for was gone. Forgive me. But when I walked out in that parking lot, Miss Mildred, I was headed in my car. It was a black pickup truck sitting beside my truck. And one of my friends were there. I said, what are you doing here? He said, I said, well, could be your friend for a little bit. Probably the most compassionate thing anyone has ever done for me.
Never forgotten it. I'll forever be dead. I laid in his arms for a long time. And I received some healing from it. But I will tell you something. This world needs some friends. And we need some people that will be friends. I gave you five things this morning to help you be a better friend. We'll give you four more on the next. I don't know if I'm teaching next. I can't keep up with Sundays. But whenever we come back, we'll give you four more. Let's leave here and go and try to be better friends.